Hello, ladies. The Big Balboski here. And right now, you're listening to the Matt Madness Podcast. They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, they talking all of this Hello everybody and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Pashery, and with me this week, live from Sexyville, <laughs> are my good friends, <laughs> an extra spry, Mr. Sexy Punakana, the now... Then, now, and forever. And forever. C.K. and Joe Rodermel. Thug Lathan. <laughs> and Mr. Wednesday Night Live. We call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo. Aaron Lloyd. Uh, please subscribe on iTunes. Please leave a five-star rating and review. Watching NXT live. Uh, this is our first week going head-to-head with NXT. Yes. Yes, so am I. The Velveteen Dream uh, is on our screens, blessing our screens. By the way, before mm-hmm. we move on, because I know I'll probably forget, there were AEW ads during last night's SmackDown and tonight's NXT on USA. I love that so much. I just saw somebody on Twitter posted that, like, LOL, AEW ad. And I was like, oh, my God, I love that so much. Yeah, I was like, oh, well, like, how how they pull that off? Yeah, and NXT, so I told you uh, a couple weeks ago that NXT going head-to-head with AEW made them officially my enemy. They were, like, they were, like, 90s WCW. But I did tune in before I came over to Sexyville tonight. (laughs) Before you got your one-way ticket? Yes, and and they kind of lost me already. They should have had Bianca Belair win that opening match. Oh, gosh. (laughs) It's your first week on TV. If you if you want her to be like one of your big stars, do it. To me, I don't see the upside of Candice LeRae. Maybe you guys do. I I just think she's just like another person. I well, don't think she's anything that you need to be making the face of your of your company or anything like that. Well, knowing how WWE is on premiere shows, you may not like the outcome of this. Probably not. That would be my guess. If if what is already taking place on SmackDown is any indication, I'm, I'm sure I won't <laughs> like a lot of what they're about to be doing. Um, so, Clash of Champions. I guess the first thing that I'll ask is, Alo, do we have a rating system on this show? Yeah, I'm not sure if anybody noticed, but pictures, pictures of Fink have surfaced backstage. <laughs> And he rolled his way out to Sexyville to do this for us tonight. So come on in, Fink. Come get on the train. <laughs> the following podcast has a rating system in place. If it's a horrible show, it gets a jobber. If the show falls somewhere in the middle, it gets a slumber knocker. And if it is an amazing show, it gets the rating of ratings. It will get a showstopper. Thank you, Howard. <laughs> uh, yes, Howard. Thank you, as always. His beard, he has outbearded me at this point, I think. Yeah, it's beautiful. Now, my beard was better than his a week ago, but he's, got, he's got me now. Yes, he does. He's passed you in the beard game? <laughs> yeah, he definitely has. It's a beautiful man. Yeah. Um, so... Joseph, do you want to start with your rating for Clash of Champions? 
First of all, I think we need a four-tier rating system. Okay. <laughs> um, I think it gets too murky when we have only three. But um, this was well, We have Trump. The, we yeah. do have the Trump, yeah. I think we have the Trump card. We have the Trump card. That's a really Co- big Coined review. by Joseph. I, 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 have, on, I haven't had to pull up a Trump card in a little bit. That was on a, uh, a throwback episode, right? No, I went to pull yeah. the Trump card here, but, uh, I mean, it wasn't as good as the last pay-per-view, mm-hmm. and I didn't give that a slobber knocker, so I'm not going to give this one one. Mm-hmm. Um, probably a jobber. Now, was that more because you just didn't think it was very good or because it just didn't live up to your expectations? Probably the latter. It didn't leave up to the expectations. A couple of matches were not what I expected them to be. Um, the ones I really look forward to weren't as good as I thought they would be. Things of that nature. Yeah, I have like one specific reason for my rating, which we'll get to. Ayla, what about you? Your rating for Clash of Champions. Yeah, I'm going to give Clash of Champions a slob knocker. I, I enjoyed it. Um, it. Like Joey said, it is the worst show. They, it's, it's the worst show they put on in the last three months, but... That's not a, that, I'm, by me by me by saying worse. I don't mean it was completely terrible. No, but, not terrible by any stretch, but, but it was good. Yeah, it was, it was a solid show. I really like one of my highlights. It's small and the match was quick, but I love what Bailey did. <laughs> <laughs> Are you talking could, specifically about the running out with the belt? Well, how she cheated the okay. win out of nowhere because like she was getting completely destroyed and like. She was pulling off the uh, the turnbuckle pad the whole time, and it was the lower one, so we were we were really wouldn't notice what she's right. doing. And the fact that she ran out there so fast, like Crash Holly, was it was great. <laughs> Crash Holly yeah. weighing in at how many pounds? Allegedly over four hundred. <laughs> yeah, but like definitely allegedly. Yeah, <laughs> but I love that. I couldn't stop laughing. I thought that was excellent. I love the revivals gear. With the FTRKO, yeah, I, I I even enjoyed that match. I thought that told a great story too. When they took out Biggie with the shadow machine on the floor, and then they were kind of like, it was kind of like um, the Lion King where the hyenas hyenas are quarter in Simba, <laughs> <laughs> and I was Woods, just like like he couldn't wait, do wait, anything. Wait, wrestling it. to Disney, exactly. Well, we'll we'll we'll, we'll compare it to Disney instead of ninety. Okay, songs. sounds good. <laughs> I'll see what I what I can pull it's out. Disney of my week, hat. yeah. It's Disney Week, so I really did enjoy that aspect of it. Now, the Kofi Randy match, Ryan, I know you specifically said that the next match would be better after when we reviewed SummerSlam, but I didn't come out feeling any better about this match at all. I think I love the Kofi got the win and Orton tried to go vintage Orton with the punt, but other than that, I thought the match was pretty uneventful for the most part. Kind of dry, especially for how long it was. I think it was like twenty-two or twenty-three. Yeah, it was, it was like twenty minutes. Yeah, mm-hmm. Sasha and Becky, I'm glad there was a no finish. I love the physicality of that match. I thought that match was really good. Like, that might be my match of the night. And the, my feelings about Braun and Seth, I understand the whole thing with Seth being these giants, but I don't know. Like, I think the fact that he kind of beat them in similar fashion with a stomp just bothers me, even though he, did, even though he dug deep. A couple stomps and a pedigree. Yeah, he dug deep into his into his bag of tricks to pull out a pedigree, and then another stomp took mm-hmm. it. To the, it should, I, I think it should, I think it's more of the fact that Braun Braun once again falls short. I know there was there was a something on Twitter that said that he's had six title matches, he's lost all six times. And like we told, he's we like the about, Buffalo Bills of uh, <laughs> <laughs> of yeah. WWE. Yes, yeah, and we always and we always said like, especially with these big guys, at some point you got to validate them, and, you, and it's better to do it earlier than later. And 
I love the Fiend coming back out. I thought that was excellent to end the show and like the fact that they put the copyright logo in the corner. Um, by the way, Pash, be be mad. Did it happen? Just look over. Somebody you hate <laughs> won the North American title. So it's fine. So NXT wants to just be the generic anybody who you could just throw out there company. That's fine. It's good for AEW. I feel, Go ahead. Promote, I feel like you have an agenda. Promote Roderick Strong. Promote Candice <laughs> LeRae. That's fine. You'll get your ass kicked every Wednesday night by a company that's doing a better job than you. Anyway, yeah. But I, <laughs> anyway, yeah. Those are things I liked about Clash of Champions. I, like I enjoyed it, but it was definitely the weaker show out of the last three for me. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed it. It was just the 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 high the highs were not so high, and the lows were pretty damn low. I mean. I enjoyed the Bailey match, but I thought it was a little quick for it. I mean, I enjoyed the fact that they played her off as the, with the heel tactics, like like Ayla was saying. But I think they're going to give more sustenance to that. Um, Ms. Nakamura, uh, forgettable. Same thing with Kofi Orton. Again, we were kind of looking forward to it. Didn't really pay off too much. I enjoyed Braun, um, Seth, solid match. I enjoyed. I definitely enjoyed Becky. The Becky match. That was good. Um, I think they should have had AJ and um, what's his name? They should have been on the card, not the pre-show. Uh, I thought the King of the Ring final should have been on the card, not on the Raw the Monday Night, which you reported last week. Mm-hmm. Just things like that that kind of... Yeah, so that, the, actually I'm glad you brought up the Cedric-AJ thing. That is one of two reasons why I'm giving it a jobber. Yeah, we, we uh, ain't crow on that one. Yeah, so... <laughs> That's one reason because that was a match that I think they they gave it's not like we just as like smarts were like oh Cedric Alexander we're getting really excited for it they built Cedric Alexander up they gave us reason to believe they were doing something with him and then they just throw it on the pre-show and have the match be less than five minutes long and he loses to me that that immediately put a sour taste in my mouth like why build this up just to to flush it down the toilet for no reason. And the other reason was this this pay-per-view was clearly treated as, like, ah, we're just kind of waiting till next month. Like, that's how I feel. Like, Hell in a Cell is the one that they're building towards, and this one didn't matter as much. And it, 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 you, could, it, you could tell. It felt like it was secondary. Like, it didn't really, really? matter. That's what I, I felt like, yeah. I didn't feel like that at all. I thought that all the matches actually... Meant something because because even last week I talked about how every match kind of felt like it had story going into it and actually mattered even though like Joey said the IC title match with Nakamura and Miz was whatever that's just a whatever feud at this point but like the tag titles on both shows those were actually built it well even as much as we don't like men care for Mandy Rose and Sonya that tag title match was kind of built up over time but nothing was like really thrown together this is at this point. Sweet. <laughs> so maybe here's here's why like my my view is different from from the two of you, is I think I said last week, I think I said there were four things that mattered, that to me mattered on this show. It was Braun and Seth, Kofi and Randy, uh, Cedric and AJ, and I forget what the, the, oh, Becky and Sasha. So the reason why I'm saying I'm looking at the next pay-per-view matters more than this one is because Braun and Seth, what to me was about The Fiend. And that's at next month's pay-per-view. Becky and Sasha, we got a no finish, which to me means they have a match that's more decisive at the next pay-per-view. Kofi and Randy, I thought that was leading into Hell in a Cell, and now Kofi's probably not the champion by Hell in a Cell. 
so that to me is already washed away. And AJ and Cedric got put on the pre-show. So it's like everything that I thought mattered about this pay-per-view either matters more next month or they it didn't matter at all on this show. So I think that's probably why I look at it that way. Like the tag team matches, I just didn't personally care too much. We weren't invested. So that's probably why I look at it like all the things that matter to me seem like they'll matter more a month from now. Or, I see that. Or the that. things that might have mattered won't matter anymore. Like I don't think we're getting Kofi versus Randy Orton and Hell in a Cell to end this feud. I think it's over now. Yeah, because I was going to bring that up too, but Brock came back a week earlier than I thought because after Kofi beat Randy on WWE's Instagram page, they posted who's next mm-hmm. for Kofi Kingston. And then a few hours, like the next day or whatever, they advertised the New Day versus FTRKO on SmackDown. So I'm like, oh, maybe this isn't, this isn't over. And then Brock appears on, on SmackDown this past Tuesday night. Yeah, so like... So now I guess I'll ask you guys this. We we talked a lot about we've discussed Kofi's title reign a lot on this show. And I feel like we've all kind of our feelings have kind of changed over the course of time. Sometimes we've been very high on it, other times we haven't been as high on it. But I think we all viewed this Randy Orton feud as like the big deal in his title reign and the thing that solidifies his title reign. What I assumed was that the thing that would really solidify it would be they would have an epic ending to this story at Hell in a Cell. And now I feel like that's off the table. One, like, am I right to just to be completely disappointed about that? Or yeah. was, was I wrong for looking that far ahead in no, the first No, I think place? you're right in, in a sense. I mean, now it just kind of seems like they're going to give Brock the title and kind of push a different feud going into SmackDown on, 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 on Fox. But, yeah, you're right. And Alo, what do you think? Was that was I just wrong to look that far ahead? No, you're not. You weren't at all. It's just the fact that we weren't even like really thinking about this whole draft thing or Brock Lesnar at this point. Because who honestly, who cares about Brock Lesnar on this show? I know we don't. So we don't even want to bring him up. If any, if anything. But yeah, like you're not wrong at all. And the few does deserve an epic ending in Hell in a Cell at this point. But <clears throat> but. We, we all, we're all assuming that, that Brock's going to win the title at, on that first episode on SmackDown on Fox, but who knows what ends up happening. But I do think the Kofi Randy feud does deserve at least a final match inside Hell in a Cell. And, and God, please don't be the red cage. <laughs> so then, like, to me, if Kofi doesn't have the title, I don't know why they would even do this match. Like, it almost feels pointless if it's not for that. Or am I just putting too much emphasis on a title? Is it more about the two of them than it's about the WWE Championship? At that point, it would be more about the two of them than the WWE Championship. Obviously, that's kind of stating the calling it right on the nose. But um, I think there would still be enough interest in a steel cage match between these two guys because of the history, regardless of what happens with the title. But the title just kind of gets a little more more energy from it. So we've already mentioned... The elephant in the room, which is Brock. I don't think we need to talk anymore about the the Randy Kofi match because I think we all were he's equally. Go, he's going at he's going at you with his beer game, Brock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so here's my thing. Brock let now I said from the beginning when SmackDown was announced to be going to Fox, I had said every time we talked about it, they want Brock Lesnar to be the champion when this show debuts on Fox. 
And that's why I always predicted him to retain the title until they got to Fox. Well, he didn't, but now they're going to have him win the title on, on the, the first night episode. Of Fox. But can I just say, Brock Lesnar as the, the big draw, as like the big mainstream draw, is maybe the biggest myth in wrestling currently. I'm not saying he was never a draw. I'm not saying there was never mainstream interest. What I'm saying is, it doesn't exist anymore. Like, I, and I don't know why anyone thinks it does. Who are they going to bring in with Brock Lesnar? Is there anyone who stopped watching wrestling in the past two years who stopped watching because they weren't getting enough Brock Lesnar? My guess is no. Is there anyone who maybe loved Brock ten years ago, the lapsed fan, who's going to come back because Brock Lesnar's back in 2019? My guess is probably no. The UFC fans, do they think they're going to get them? Guess what? No, they hate Brock just as much as we do. I don't know what they think Brock Lesnar is, but he's not who they think he is. Uh, do you think I'm underselling Brock? No. Do you think they're just infatuated with him, or do you think there is a legitimate reason why they keep putting him in this position? I think it's a mixture of both. I think maybe you're underselling him a little bit. I don't think he's a major draw. I don't think they need him to get the highest ratings ever. But I do think there's interest there for people. Um, like, he, Brock has been on did, Raw and SmackDown. He did get a little bit of a pop um, on Monday. Monday night when it came out, maybe it was the shock value of it, but yeah, it was like there. He, was, he wasn't expected. And that's the other thing. If you're cheering for Brock Lesnar at this point, to me, you don't get to complain about anything else. Like, you yeah. have rendered your complaints, like, mute, as far as I'm concerned. So, Ayla, what were you going to say? Yeah, and at this point, you kind of got to also figure into what, what Fox's demands are. You know, you pay, somebody's paying you a billion dollars, you're going to kind of do, do things their way. So, like, you already know, like, from what has been reported, they want to make WWE feel like a real sport. So, like, of course, they're going to be Fox is going to be infatuated with former UFC heavyweight champion Brock Lesnar. So, like, that's what they're kind of. They're, I think that's what they're really focused on. Like, okay, we want Brock on Fox. Remember, they were talking about they wanted Ronda on SmackDown, but Ronda's not not around at the moment. So, is that supposed to also, rhyme on purpose? <laughs> <laughs> got you caught me, but. Uh, <laughs> Well, yes, yeah, yeah, like I said, it's like you, so, so they're paying you a box, a company's paying you a billion dollars. You kind of got to capitulate to them and, and kind of give them what they want. So, like I said, Fox is probably just infatuated with the idea that Brock's a former UFC champion and they got, they, they could promote it as a quote unquote real sport when they do air on Fox. To me, it's really a mistake, and this is one of my concerns for AEW. It is a mistake in 2019 and 2020 to treat it as a real sport. Maybe I'm wrong, you know, maybe the people who really want to watch it want to see it that way, but like, it's, it's not. Like, we even, weren't we even, and most wrestling fans, worried about fighting with my family, treating wrestling like it was a real fight. Like, I remember us having that conversation about a movie, saying we hope they don't portray it like it's real. So why <laughs> is the actual product trying to portray itself like it's real, when we all know it? there's nobody left. I think even kids at this point know it's not real. Well, th this is the thing. Sometimes we want to kind of, we want it to feel real, you know. You know, we we kind of want to get sucked in to feel that it's real and not know who's going to win. But at the same time, we do kind of look ahead and understand storylines and okay, this is supposed to happen. We've seen storylines, um, we've seen almost every storyline in wrestling happen. So it's like, okay, I've seen this before, so this is going to happen. So it's kind of like we kind of want to, we 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 just want to be sucked in to take our smart cap off and just like sit back and watch the show but at this point you kind of are right it's just like we know we know it's not real but we just want to be sucked in 
and be invested in what's going on in television. Forget that it's a fixed outcome. Right. Like the part that I want to feel is real is the part that happens before they get in the ring. Like yeah. the reason why they're supposed to be quote unquote fighting, I want to believe that is real. I saw yeah. I saw a clip on um so I, I famously have talked a lot on this show about the uh Savage Steamboat match. How for me it wasn't even so much about the match being great as like I believe that that Macho Man le- legitimately almost murdered Ricky the Dragon Steamboat when I was a <laughs> seven year old kid. Like I believed that. That and that made the match feel really important. I saw a clip on Twitter earlier today that like it was either 20 years ago or 25 years ago today, something like that, was uh, when the model Rick Martel sprayed Jake the Snake Roberts in the eyes and blinded him. And me, again, as like a kid, 11 years old, however old I was, um, like believed that Jake the Snake Roberts was really blinded. So did I, and yeah. I, I sprayed my brother with cologne after that. <laughs> it didn't really have the same effect. No, he, he didn't go blind. Yeah. No, he didn't go blind. He and wasn't out for weeks. I've seen your brother weeks. recently, yeah. like not too long ago. He he could see me as far as I could tell. Yeah, he, I wasn't he, John Cena. No, he, well, he's learned a few yeah. years. Yeah, yeah, and it's like it's like me believing Andrew Christian were the conquistadors. Right. So yeah, a great example. You want to believe that like Austin and Vince McMahon really hate each other. Like those are the things you want to believe that Randy Orton and Kofi Kingston. Like, their hatred for each other is, like, that's the part that you want to feel is real. I don't need you to pretend, like, the the, the fight that I know is not real is real. To well, that's, me, that's, that's not... That's always been the wrestling persona, though. That's always been the product that they put out there. That's always been the nature of the business. I mean, when I was a kid, I fought till I was, like, 13. That, that, it, was that it was real. <laughs> like, I, I, I really defended it because that's the, that's the product they portrayed, and they still do that to this day. It was day. like it's Santa like, Claus. Like the, yeah, it's like... It just doesn't want to, like... Again, go. they probably know it's not real, but they're never going to come out and say that because, again, they don't want to peek behind the curtain. They right. just play the product out as what it's supposed to be. That's what it's intended to be. Right. Um, yeah, well, it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Like, I, you have to assume for at least the first month or two, you're going to see Brock on SmackDown regularly. Which and then I guess we'll see. You know, maybe maybe I'll be wrong, and maybe he maybe he is a draw that I don't think he is. But I I don't believe I'm wrong about that. Uh, Becky and Sasha, uh, it was definitely my match of the night. I thought it was really good. Uh, Alo, I believe you said you think you think it was probably your match of the night. Yep. Where did it fall for you, Joey? It fell up there too as well. It's probably the match of the night for me. Is I mean, it was like an all-out street fight, took it up in the stands, some interesting moves, and then to end it like this to kind of build towards a a more of a feud is, is, is a good way to end it. Yeah. Uh, now, do either of you feel like it's maybe a little bit – well, maybe it's not because this was my, my note was like that it felt a little too similar to what they did with Kofi and Randy at the last pay-per-view. It's like, oh, you're just using this match to prolong it, but obviously – uh, the Kofi Randy thing didn't extend as long as we thought it was going to. Does no. it feel a little similar to that? It definitely does. And you're or probably, are you just happy that you're they... probably right on the nose? I mean, because we've mentioned this a few times where the the storylines on the male side of things kind of are, are echoed in the female version of it. Um, I don't know if it's lazy writing or it's just what they say is uh, this is working. Let's do this. I don't know what that is, but we've seen it more than more than once. Yeah, but but I, again, I will say like even though that felt similar. I'm happy that it played out that way because it gives them more time to build something between the, the two of them. And obviously we've talked a lot about them like handcuffing themselves with having Hell in a Cell at the same time every year. Like you have to figure out a way to have a Hell in a Cell match be necessary. 
So maybe this is the way. Like I'm assuming. Do we think their match is going to be in Hell in a Cell? It, it, it is official. It is okay, in Hell. I didn't see yeah. that. Are they going to have Kane versus Truth in Hell in a Cell for the 24/7? You can only hope. God, I hope so. I have thoughts on that too, by the way, which which we'll get to. Um, yeah, I, I feel like this is. I feel like it was smart to do it the way they did it in this case because they do have a bigger payoff that we're definitely getting three weeks from now. So. Alo, you said it was your match of the night. Are you happy with the way they followed up on it this week? Yeah, because <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, like the whole like you compared to Randy and Kofi, but I think this kind of was warranted more than what Kofi and Randy's ending got because Becky, um, Sasha's been getting upper hand on Becky since she's come back for the right. most part, and the, the steel chair aspect was a part of the entire feud leading up to Clash of the Champions. So I don't have a problem with that at all, but. I, I do get your point, but it's more warranted in this than what it was for Kofi and and Randy. Now, when it, when it followed up this week on this week on the shows. Um, Sasha and Bailey took on Bliss and, and and Nikki Cross, and Sasha took on Charlotte on SmackDown. And I, Carmella uh, came to the aid of Ashley Flair. Yeah, she did. It, it was so great. Ashley does a moonsault, <laughs> and then she has uh, Sasha in the figure eight, and then Bailey breaks it up. And get to get Sasha disqualified, but she has valid reason. Yeah, you hit me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Carmella comes down and says, and Bailey's like, look, she looks like out of it. Like, what are you doing? Because like, quote unquote, Bailey and Carmella are best friends mm-hmm. as well, and that's kind of they kind of they they went along with that a couple of times before. So like that has no layer to it. Because I'm also happy to see Carmella back because she was dealing with this health scare or whatever. Yeah. I don't remember exactly what happened, but she other than that, other than hanging around on, with Truth, she hasn't really had her own thing going on in a while, so I'm yeah, glad yeah, to see she's kind of in the background. Game. Yeah, so good to see Carmella get, like, thrust into, like, a prominent spot. Like I said, coming to the aid of Ashley Flair. And speaking of Carmella, fabulous Truth, excellent <laughs> this week. Um, I thought their interaction with Kane was excellent, and... If anyone doubted, now granted, I don't think anyone's doubting anymore, but if two years ago, three years ago, anyone doubted the greatness of our truth the fact that he pulled a great segment out of Kane in late 2019. Glenn Jacobs. Glenn Jacobs, yeah. I, like, and you guys know I have no love lost for Kane. I always, when we've done throwback shows, I've always talked about how great he was back then, but there is no love lost. Present day, I thought... Everything they did with him with the 24-7 championship <laughs> was excellent. I, I thoroughly was entertained. I enjoyed it. Even when Kane pinned him, and before he went out of the stadium, he said, I still got it. I, know, I laughed out loud at that. I, I thought it was excellent. And Joey? Speaking from experience, I ran into field goal posts before. They can, <laughs> they can put you on your, on your butt really quick. I, I've, I've, I felt the force. One of my favorite lines is when Kane was telling him about the Lady Vols, and Truth was like, they must have been 40 foot tall. <laughs> How wide were they? <laughs> and, and, like, the best part about Truth and Carmella is the fact that Carmella can't keep it together because he's, so, he's so ridiculous. Like, yeah, everything he says, she's just like, oh, my God. Like, I, I love you, that she's aware of how ridiculous he is. Did you see him that. at Class of Champions? Uh, yes. What, what Bliss did? Oh, no, I did not, no. <clears throat> So backstage, um, Bliss and Cross were doing their backstage interview before the match, and then um, Truth and Carmella were holding like the um, what's it called, Joey? The boom. The yeah, boom they were holding mic, the, yeah. The boom yeah, mic. they were holding the boom mic, 
and Alexa was like, um, Truth is like, keep on talking, keep on talking. Alexa was like, come on, come on. If you want the 24-7 title, Truth and Carmella are here. And then everybody starts chasing them. Yeah. And then Truth and Carmella run down to the ring during the women's tag title match, and Bliss tries to pin Truth. <laughs> so I didn't see that, but that's like, awesome. I'm glad they did that. Yeah, you kind of hung the boom mic in her face. <laughs> The other thing I wanted to mention about that is that he talked to Kane for a good minute and a half. <coughs> and then you got that moment of me like, wait, don't I know you? <laughs> like, he was talking to him all that time and didn't know that it was Kane. I loved that. I thought that was a great touch. Uh, so I thought that was excellent. Excellent use of Kane. Um, we had The Fiend attack Kane uh, in the main event spot of Monday Night Raw. Are you still... Joey, I'll start with you. Are you still, uh, like, do you get amped up when you know The Fiend is is coming? I still feel a little bit there. Um, I would say I, I, as, I am as amped, but I'm definitely excited to um, see what they do with this character. And, again, they've kind of done well. He did the, uh, the promo um, with the Firefly Funhouse fun mm-hmm. segment. I thought that was very fun. And mm-hmm. the way he kind of switched personas mid-conversation was really interesting for me. Yeah. Um, and Ayla, what about you? Are you still into the the fiend showing up? I know we talked maybe a month ago about how we we had a, a conversation one week about being worried about them using him too much, and then I think it was right when he attacked Jerry the King Lawler. We came back the next night, and and I made the point of like, oh, he really is terrorizing everyone. Like everyone knows what's coming when these things start happening, and every nobody wants to be a part of it. Do you think they're doing it too often, or do you think you're like you're still invested in him showing up like that? I'm still into it, and um, I like what they did this week. They uh, <clears throat> they had it throughout the night a few times, so it was like a kind of an ongoing thing throughout the night with with all his victims. He, he would hang them on the wall. Have you seen? Did you see that, Ash? I did. Yeah. Okay, so that was, that was a theme throughout the night, but yeah, I don't have a problem with it at all as long as everything he does has meaning. And like I like we talked about. He's got to beat Rollins. He, he's got to. Cause this is like his second chance. He, he's got to beat Rollins. And something we didn't talk about last week, and I'm not sure if you purposely did this, but the whole clock thing that's at 1119. Oh, that wasn't on purpose. I just forgot about it. Okay. Yeah, so the internet's speculating that the 1119 is it was like the, the Undertaker's, Undertaker's debut. debut. Yeah. And there was one other thing um, that I saw about that, but I don't remember what it is. Um there was one other theory about the eleven nineteen number. Do, do we need to see him take out the Undertaker at this point? Like, no, has, no. Has that ship sailed, or that ship kind of sailed? Something? It would be fun. I mean, not when he's in the height of where he's at right now. Because right now they have him kind of built up pretty pretty well, and he's kind of full head of steam. I mean, maybe when we have a year down the line, the gimmick's kind of. Not uh, not where it is not now. Not as fresh. I don't think it needs anything like that right now. It's just no point. Yeah. Well, well to quote one of my favorite movies, the mm. 1994 Dumb and Dumber. Okay. If he went against The Undertaker, it would totally redeem himself. <laughs> because. Because that's one of the like, ways where that character was steered wrong, was losing to The Undertaker. Yeah, yeah. So it's like he can kind of get his win back and validate valid this character even more and like I said Undertaker just goes comes and goes so 
by the time Tinker comes back, you probably forget about it. It doesn't even have to get a win back. Well, it's Disney themed, Ayla. We got to go with the mm-hmm. Disney theme. It'd be like Frozen when El- when Elsa comes back to redeem herself. <laughs> well, 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 WWE should let it go. How about or that? When, there it is. Or when Simba comes back and redeems himself. <laughs> I didn't want to do. I didn't want to do Lion King twice. Um. So. Okay, so speaking of the fiend, he obviously loomed large over Braun and Seth. They lost the tag team championships, and Seth retained. We've already discussed that. I, I do agree completely. Seth, I mean, the F- I didn't need the fiend to be the champion, but he has to win the match. Or at the very least, if he doesn't win, it has to be like a disqualification where he just brutalizes Seth. Yeah, terrorizes. But Although it, it's in Hell in a Cell, so it can't be that. So. He has to win. Something yeah. something <laughs> disturbing could happen that where they play it off. Again, Fiend's a character doesn't need a title. Where they put it on him, where they give him more and maybe overexpose him, that's what you gotta worry about. I don't think yeah. he needs it. Yeah. yeah, and like But you don't have him lose straight mm-hmm. out either. Yeah, and we Great. joked about the whole Spider Man three thing with Venom. Yeah. That might I am sorry if that might be a possibility because <laughs> the way he's like grabbing his head, I'm like, if they get him to lose by quote unquote like fighting between his personas, I'm gonna be mad. Me too. Uh, at least initially, like if they if if it happens, I'll be mad. Now, granted, I think there's a way they could tell a story afterwards that it would at least make sense and and be like a, a part of an interesting story. But I don't. To me, I don't have any sense that they're not going to have him win. I think they have. Like, uh, I'm trying to think of the right analogy to use, but I, I think they're fully invested in that. Now, like more invested than they probably ever thought they would be. Kind of a question that ties into Clash of Champions. Is there any chance that the Fiend reunites with his old crew? I don't know. So that, well, that actually was getting into the next thing, the return of Luke Harper, uh, helping Rowan defeat Roman Reigns, and then dominating Reigns and Daniel Bryan this week. I don't know. Like, I don't, they obviously haven't really hinted at it, but. I don't think it fits the persona, but it's, it's kind of always something that's out there. Yeah, like, I don't know, Alo. Do you think that there's any chance that these two guys are rejoining Bray? <coughs> Please don't. <laughs> Please don't. But I've got to put that in my my review at the top of the show. I thought Rowan looked fantastic. I real I really did. I'm glad he actually won. I did pick him to win, but I'm glad he won. Like, he dominated Roman throughout that entire match. The spot where he power bombed through the table, then threw him immediately back in the ring, and Roman kicked out. I did hear the crowd boo a little bit when that happened. It was well-deserved because it was immediately right after it happened. But I love what they did with Rowan and how dominant he looked. What do you think about his segment on Raw? On SmackDown? On oh, SmackDown, I, thought, I said Raw. Yeah, I, I thought it was fun. I even took out Daniel Bryan, so that, that, that put my whole Daniel Bryan behind this thing. That brushed that to the side. But, yeah, I thought he looked great because he said he wants to be respected and – he is one of those. He is one of those afterthoughts out there. So is so is Luke Harper. My only problem is that they keep putting these two back together. What's well, like the third or fourth time they yeah. like and they never stay healthy. Together. Yeah, it's, it's just it's weird. Like I understand like they're a great team and they work together, but they've been together three or four times. Um, I'm actually Joe. You just said raw. Uh, when you were talking about SmackDown, I'm glad that that just happened because it was something I thought about earlier today that I forgot to to write down. Raw and SmackDown basically have become like a muddled, like you can't differentiate the two shows really. Like one is obviously on Monday night, one is on Tuesday, but 
they're basically the same thing. Anyone could show up on either show. Like, you could talk about almost any segment, and it, you can't. You may not even be able to decipher which show it happened yeah, on. Yeah, you're kind of... So, what? one of my hopes is for this next era that we're going into with Raw right the corner. on USA, with SmackDown going to Fox on Friday nights, my hope is that it starts to feel like two very distinct shows and two very distinct brands. Like, I remember talking about this when they first split the brands and how stupid it was when Vince had Stephanie and Shane competing against each other. And it's like, you're the same damn company. Like, I can't believe the idea that you're talking about this is two different things. It's the same thing. I hope it actually starts to feel like two very distinct brands when they're spread out a little further in the week and when talent is set to each show that's maybe the one thing about wwe that i have have gotten a little bit of excitement about outside of like the fiend uh our truth our truth and sasha banks like i have a little bit of excitement that they might over the course of the next few months start to make it feel like it's two very different shows as opposed to just like everything just glommed jumbled, together a jumbled mess thing. yeah Kind of create identities for both shows, try and get stuff that'll attract you to watch both specific shows and not kind of cruise through what happened last week. Yeah, no, that that's what I hope happens. Uh, but yeah, the Bludgeon Brothers, like, they, I feel like they already, not that they're calling them that, I don't know if Well, they Corey have, Graves but, made a reference. But I feel like they already look better now than they ever did as the Bludgeon Brothers, which... yeah. It's funny how easy it seemed like that was to do. Well, the gimmick with the huge hammers and... I mean, they're already big dudes. You don't need all that extra bells and whistles. Yeah. Um, Alo, do you think they have, like, big plans for these guys? Apparently, because they they put them with, with Brian and Roman, so we'll have to see where they go from there. <clears throat> and to go off your point about how <clears throat> Ross Smackdown need to make need to feel different... I know a, few, a while back when maybe a couple months ago they were talking about bringing back like bringing back the stages yeah. so Raw and SmackDown could feel different. I remember seeing that a couple a month or so ago. Well, I hope they do it. Now, the other thing that gives me pause a little bit is apparently there was a report that it was Vince McMahon who decided to switch up on Cedric Alexander. Like Really? It was a Paul Heyman decision to start pushing Cedric, <coughs> and Vince, apparently leading up to the pay-per-view, decided, like, nope, not going to do it, and went out of his way to bury him, per the report. I think Dave Meltzer said it. Uncle Dave, as he is uh, so reverently known on the show. But So, yeah, that, that makes me worry that Vince is already overriding things that Paul Heyman is trying to do, but... I'm not going to try to judge it too soon. We'll see how it plays out. Obviously, within a month or two, we'll have a better sense of how these things play out. Is there anything else for the pay-per-view? I mean, I know there's other matches we haven't really talked about, but uh, I've talked about everything I saw. So do either of you have any like thoughts or takeaways from anything else from Clash of Champions? No, I think we hit on everything for the yeah, most no. part. Yeah, no, I mean, like I said, Miz and, Miz and Nakamura is kind of forgettable. <coughs> nothing, nothing special about it. Um we touched upon the women's tag titles, uh, the men's tag titles with the revival getting them. We covered for the most part everything. I, everything I can think of. I mean, all right. So fair enough. So I, I have. Oh, oh, go ahead. Oh, the gender reveal. Did you see that? <laughs> I did. <laughs> so good. 
So that was one of the three things I had left in my notes. Um, now, although there's part of me that thinks maybe I didn't see all of the story because I know somehow Rusev played a part in whatever's going on. Yep. So yep. the only thing I saw was at the gender reveal, Maria saying that the father is Ricochet. Like yes. very matter of factly. Like she has no doubt. I, I don't know how she couldn't have questions about it. Um, Ricochet looked befuddled. He did, but what happened with Rusev other than him coming back? Ayla? Well, basically, Rusev just Rusev. beat him up, and then, like, there was, like, a, I believe it was a dot-com exclusive where they said Rusev, when Kayla talked to Rusev, Rusev said, it's a, it's a tough situation to explain. <laughs> <laughs> so are they <clears throat> intimating that Rusev might be somehow yeah. involved? Well, yeah, because oh, yeah. Maria, yeah, Maria going, came oh, out and kind of brought Rusev out. So first she said Ricochet's the father, then Rusev was presented later. Presented, yeah. Uh, so so basically it's it's confusing. It's a, it's a confusing Jerry Springer type. No, Mari Povich type situation. And she kind of yeah. sucked, sicked Rusev on Mike, and that's where he got demolished by Rusev. Interesting. Yeah, I did see a Twitter post that said, how much more could one man take or something like that, which made me laugh. Yeah. And, and, and Titus <laughs> had the most important role in this. Yeah, well, I know he, he definitely played a role with Ricochet. Yeah, that was, was there, great. Was there anything other than his little pep talk to Ricochet that he did? Oh, no. No, but yeah. that was great. He yeah. was like, like, boy, you're the father. You don't got smack. You better get up there, man. <laughs> that was so good. Rusev did some different crushing. Did he? Oh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> or he may have. It, may, it remains to be seen. Uh, or Maria's a hoe for show. Yeah, well, clearly, if, if, that's, if that's the direction they're going. Yeah, I was very surprised when I saw that. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know where it's going. I don't know. And who knows if they'll even give us a resolution to this? Could be. A thing they probably won't. That's one of those things they just stop mentioning <laughs> yeah. all of a sudden. Yeah, this is a Heyman thing, a hundred percent. Yeah, which you know, and it's fine. Like I, I'm fine with them trying something ridiculous, trying something different, doing something <laughs> out of the ordinary. I'm I'm totally fine with it. Uh, Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon. Obviously, Shane fired KO. KO bought a ticket and showed up this week, and he had a little bit of a uh, a back and forth with Shane this week. It's funny that he's fired, but he's on like still doing like the live events. That's funny to me. But uh, Joey, what do you think of this whole KO firing angle and this whole wrongful termination storyline they're embarking on? I mean, it's just. A way to keep this storyline alive, essentially. Give KO some primetime work and keep Shane and his ego involved in the storyline. That's all it is. One of the things I was hoping was it would it would lead to Owens being on NXT for a while. Ayla, do you think we, there's any chance of that? With your boys, the Undisputed Era? Yeah. Well, could you imagine that? <laughs> <laughs> um, I wouldn't be... Well, if it happened, I thought it would happen this week. Yeah. But who knows if it's going to happen. Who knows because NXT is still going on but on the network now. But <clears throat> but for what, for what they did on SmackDown, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't feel – like I thought immediately that was my thought. It was like a way to make that happen. But the fact that the story is ongoing makes me feel like he's going to stick around. Uh, I, I just hope it's something that – they can pay off. I hope it's something they could keep entertaining because Kevin Owens obviously deserves to be in a prominent place on whatever the hell show he's on. It doesn't matter where he is. He deserves to be featured because he's one of the best 
that they have under contract. Like I, can you think of ten people that you like better than Kevin Owens? No. You? <laughs> I could probably think of ten. So he's not as high for you as he is for for me. I'm just pulling your leg. Uh. <laughs> I was going to uh, name some ridiculous people, but I don't know. I'm not really in the mood or... You're not feeling as spry as you were 45 minutes well, ago. Well, it's not the spryness of it. It's just that, you know, when you get tired, your brain's a, a, a jumbled mess and it's all the pieces. It's yeah. tough to get them together sometimes. Hey, nobody nobody understands that better than me. Uh, I have the worst memory of anyone I know. Um, <laughs> you probably don't know a lot of people. Of anyone I remember. <laughs> you know, I have the you worst probably don't memory. know any people yeah. or your memory. <laughs> uh, last thing I had was... King Corbin, it is official. Yes! He had the gold chain on during his coronation. Yeah. Did you see I that? Mean, it is. I did see it. It, was, it is beautiful to see the gold chain back. <laughs> I love that he is king. I love that he won. I honestly think, now granted, I didn't see everything, but I feel like his performance throughout this journey has been really good. Maybe the best. Maybe the best stuff he's done on the main roster. It, it was. It was because they put him in there with guys that can actually work, and Corbin was just basically himself. So it, he was like the, the basic heel that he has been, and the fact that he beat some of our beloved superstars, it went, it, it helped him in the long run. And do you feel like what he's done has been appreciated or not yet? I think so. Okay. Uh, now the other interesting <coughs> thing is this almost feels like more of a win for Gable than anyone else. Yeah. After what happened this week. Uh, yeah. Do you agree with that, Joey, that maybe the biggest winner of King of the Ring has been Gable? Well, yeah. Again, it made him prominent. People were pulling for him, made him the underdog, kind of pitted him against Shane McMahon. People were definitely pulling for him to win King of the Ring. And even after all this, even after losing, he just didn't fade away. He came out and kind of embarrassed Corbin, keeping him relevant in the storyline some more. So, yes, it was, it's a huge win for, for Gable. Um. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I th- and I think it's kind of. I have to give them credit. I don't always give them credit, but I think I give it to them when they deserve it. To one, make someone who has been like very uh, disliked over much of the last year or two in Baron Corbin to make him King of the Ring to give him like a good run that probably nobody really saw coming. I know I've been jokingly saying I want King Corbin since the thing started. <laughs> So, uh, sounds like someone who makes pizzas. Yeah. <laughs> like del- at home delivered pizzas. Put them in your freezer. Joe Corby's. <laughs> King Corbin. <laughs> I think uh, the fact that they, they made that happen with Corbin and made a bigger deal out of Gable than he was before it started, I think like they deserve credit for making that happen. And I'm curious where this goes. I also wonder, obviously we know Vince's feeling on the big monstrous wrestler and his not liking so much the smaller guys do we think vince's preferences will shape the raw and smackdown rosters any specific way do you think vince cares more about one show being successful do you think vince is now more invested in smackdown than he is in raw like what what do you guys think well i think well raw staying on usa and raw ended up getting more money than SmackDown did, but I think that I think when it comes to SmackDown, they're gonna have to capitulate to what Fox wants first. After that, it's just like whatever. It's like SmackDown. SmackDown will probably like we saw the graphic on Fox NFL Sunday. So Roman, uh, Becky was on the graphic, Charlotte was on the graphic, but now they're, they're promoting a show in Philly for Friday Night SmackDown, and Bailey, Bailey's on the poster. But you have, you have to assume Brock and Roman. 
and at least Becky and Charlotte will be for the for the faces of SmackDown. Did you recently get a word of the week calendar? That's yes. the second time I heard you use capitulate. <laughs> there's some there's some big words. Yes. Word of the week calendar. <laughs> capitulate was the word of today. Yeah, it was the word yes. of today. Um yeah, I, I'm just I'm, that's maybe another thing that I'm super curious to see how it plays out is like what gets precedent from from Vince and from WWE. Like the flagship show that's been the flagship show for however long it's been, 25, the show 25 plus years, or the show that's like, I mean, this has to be the biggest deal for WWE ever, not money-wise, but like for them to be on a broadcast channel, like the home of the NFL, like this has to be the, the <coughs> most consequential thing that they've ever done. Yeah, because they got a billion for Raw, I think a billion and a quarter, or, or a little bit more for Raw, but to stay on USA. Right. So, yeah, I'm curious to see which one seems to be their priority. That'll be another interesting thing to see within the company. How it plays out. Yeah. Uh, I don't have anything else from WWE. If either of you have anything from the weekly shows that needs to be mentioned, feel free to do it now. Um, I mean, nothing from the weekly shows. I just don't know what your thoughts are on Rudolph. On Rudolph? Rudolph. Rob, Robert and Dolph. Oh, okay. My thought... I don't have thoughts at the you moment. You have any thoughts? You're just no. going to kind of pay it? They work well that? together. Maybe. Uh, like, to me, they're just one of those things that, like... It happened. Yeah, and I like, it just, I don't I don't even notice it. Like, at this point, it, it takes a lot for me to notice Dolph Ziggler. Um, and Robert Roode. Should have been me. Thing. Yeah, it, it's... Neither one of them, like, registered to me at the moment. So, like, maybe if they have a really good tag team title run, I'll... Like I literally, it's very rare that I don't have a thought or a feeling on something, but I literally nothing, nothing comes no, to mind. I don't think anything or feel anything about them. But you know what? I wish the best, the two of them, the best of luck on their uh, tag team championship journey. Uh, Big Cass apparently had a meltdown uh, on either Friday or Saturday. I forget what show it was. Uh, Some show in Jersey, I think it was in Jersey. I just forget what the what the company was. Was it WrestlePro or something? I think it might have been, yeah. Uh, Where he got into it with Joey Janela. Like, all I'll say is I don't know what the situation is. And I was, like, very uh, hateful towards Big Cass towards the end of his WWE run and right when he left. And my feelings did a 180 when he had the seizure at House of Hardcore in Philadelphia. And then I saw he posted a video a couple months ago saying how he's been battling like depression and and I think maybe bipolar disorder. I really hope that this guy can like get his life together. Like, cause I I was seeing reports for a couple weeks that he was like in talks with WWE. You have to imagine that this probably, if that was true, this probably stalled it out a little bit. A lot of it. I think Hunter said it wasn't true. Okay. Yeah. I, I didn't, I wasn't sure, but I knew they were alleged. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't really know what, what to say about it other than I hope the guy is okay. Like, I hope he doesn't end up being the next, like, wrestling tragedy. Uh, so whatever is going on in his life, I hope he has people around him that care about him and that are pushing him in the right direction. I hope he gets the help that he needs. Because, like, I was worried that night about his future 
when I saw some of the things he said a couple months ago in that video he released, I was worried about his future. And now, like, I feel worried about him again. Like I said, I feel like there has been too much tragedy in the pro wrestling community. I don't want to see it happen to another person. Whether he's in WWE or not, huh? Especially so young. Yeah, like, and a guy that was, like, so promising two years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, if if you guys remember when Enzo got hurt on their first pay-per-view on the main roster. Yep. And we all were like, oh, what's going to happen to them? What's going to happen to to Cass? What's he going to do without Enzo? And then he thrived for, like, the next month. We're like, whoa, maybe he doesn't even need Enzo. It's just crazy what a turnaround it's been for him. So Yeah, it's been a huge highs, huge lows, mm-hmm. and then just irrelevant. Yeah. And I, I hope, yeah. regardless of his wrestling career, I hope for his life, he's okay. Yeah, and I watched a couple of those old NXT shows and takeover shows they were on. They were like, they were like Hardy Boy over, and that's yeah. pretty over because it was like a party when those guys came out. Oh yeah, they that like that's why I put them in my top ten tag teams of all time because there was something very special about what those guys did in NXT and when they first got onto the main roster. Like there are not many tag teams that almost st- like stole the show as often as they did like where they were like the thing that you were most excited about and like I told the story about the first NXT live show I went to I had been really into NXT for a few months at that point maybe like five months I had been watching it I went with Eck and uh and Laugh and neither one of them were really familiar and they opened the show and like that music hit it was just like one of those things. It's like I'll never forget how excited I was when their music hit. Like, oh my yeah. god, I'm seeing these guys come out. Mm-hmm. It's funny. So this is not a '90s music reference, but it is a music reference. Tenacious D. I did an episode about Tenacious D uh, and my brother-in-law on Ronnie versus the World a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, close to a year ago now, I think. Um, but they have a song called Kilbasa that my brother-in-law and I always said, like, if we ever see them live, we hope they open with Kilbasa. Like, that's all we care about. And we saw them live, uh, I forget what year it was, maybe 2000, late 2006, and they opened with Kilbasa. And it was like, as soon as the, the song started, like, we looked at each other like, oh my god, this is happening. It's like one of those things that I can, like, relate to at that moment. Like, it's a moment I'll always remember. So, yeah, I hope the best for them. Uh, just in life in general. Uh, mm-hmm. Any other wrestling stuff before we get to the listener question segment? <coughs> oh, <coughs> quick thing. Well, I'm not sure if you saw, but 205 Live is over. Is it really officially? Yeah, I believe Hunter. I didn't read the whole article, but the whole headline said that. The wrong kind of over. Not yeah, over. like it's done. <laughs> like it's yeah. the end of the line. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yes. So that's official. Okay. okay. Yeah, so so uh, Eck just sent that Leo Rush is facing Oni Lorcan to determine the number one contender for the Cruiserweight title. So Leo Rush is back on WWE television, friend of the show. Yeah, music <laughs> music legend Leo yes. Rush, R and B legend fail. Leo Rush. So we'll have the cruiserweight. <laughs> there has a cruiserweight title back on TV. I guess it'll just be exclusive NXT. I guess I don't know because I would love for us to end up having had two cruiserweight champions on the Matt Madness podcast. I would love it too. <laughs> gotta, build, gotta build that resume. Yeah, <laughs> it all started here first. Mm-hmm. By the way, Pat, did you did you catch nine hundred two one up? No, not yet. Pat, I'm gonna say the ending. You were gonna laugh so hard. Good. 
Uh, I'll definitely. <laughs> so I I was gonna try to make some time today. I kind of ran out of time, and I figured. It'd be better off leaving it for next week. We don't have a pay-per-view to talk about. We need to fill a little more time. So next week we will do our, our official Beverly Hills BH90210 oh, review. Pat, yeah, you, You're a laugh so hard. It was The ending was perfect. Well, you just made uh, me even more excited. Okay. And I can't believe this, but I'm going to miss Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> He's coming to Delaware. Is he for, really for what? Friday. Uh, first takes coming to Delaware. Uh, for HBCU week to the, at the 76ers Fieldhouse. Is Williams. Roz hosting? I don't know. I maybe think it's I'll, Molly. Maybe I'll have to go to Delaware. This is Friday this week? Yeah, this Friday. Oh, man. Maybe I'll have to go. Yeah, because I, I got to go back and listen to your Roz episode because <laughs> I, like, oh, that's, I know I saw her on a couple sidelines of the NBA <laughs> yeah. games. It's like, oh, that's the girl Patch was talking about. I, I don't blame him for talking about it. Yeah, she's <laughs> one, of my, one of my favorites. <laughs> Yeah, I love her. Uh, yeah, if I she's hosting, you. I might make my way to the – and I want to see the field house anyway. I've never been there. Roz and, yeah. and the girl at the McDonald's drive through Yes. <laughs> yes, I forget what I called her last week, the name. Uh, Caitlin. Sex kitten. Sex Caitlin. kitten, yeah. Whatever whatever name I used, <laughs> yes, her. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I noticed wrestling-wise. Did we mention before the show or did we mention on the show the fact that there was an AEW ad on On the show. We mentioned NXT. on the show. Okay, good. Oh, by the way, by the way, Patch Ross is way better than Molly. Oh yeah, for for me, for my personal taste, yes. I mean, I like. Uh, I, I, Molly, I mean, I mean, it's a host as well. Yeah, agreed. No, she's very good. Uh, I Char- Charlie's better than Molly's. Not that great. Charlie's great on, yeah. when she hosts birthday. I too. do like Charlie. She's one of my favorites too. Um, well, I'm glad you brought that up. I would have never known they were coming to Delaware. Yeah, maybe I'll try to get maybe I'll try to get a selfie with Stephen A. for you. It's free. (laughs) Maybe or maybe I'll try to get a video of him talking about Hunter Henry. (laughs) (laughs) I had to drop him for my fancy team. (laughs) Did you really? Oh my god! I wish I could remember some of the other names, but well, we'll we'll get to that next week. Derek Johnson. (laughs) The year he's having out for the year out since week one. what do we have for listener questions? All right, we have one question that I still don't have an answer to. Okay. But this is from uh, DMC79. Mm-hmm. He asks, if you were building a wrestling company from scratch, what are three ways it would be different from any of the current products? <clears throat> so for me personally, I don't know if I have three. But one thing that I would say immediately is I would want to make it like physically look different from other wrestling shows. I don't want it to be just like, this is how wrestling has always looked, so we're going to follow the same format. I don't have like a specific vision for the way it would visually look, but I would want to make it look different, where if you're watching my promotion, like RJP <laughs> Wrestling, whatever you want to call it, or RPJ, I'm sorry, it's not... So here's the funny thing. My actual name is Ronald Joseph Pashery. So my initials are RJP. But you guys have been calling me RPJ for Ronald Pashery Jr. <laughs> and I get confused. But So RPJ Wrestling, it would visually, like when you see it, you would know that this is, this is RPJ Wrestling. This is not anything else. And I would invest like most of my time in... Like, the creative side of it. Like, the storytelling, the character building, like, the dramatic, comedic aspects of it. And I would let the actual talent 
play more of a role in like what happens in the ring. So I would make my focus on the storytelling, character building aspect of it and leave the wrestling side of it to the guys who are paid to do that. Um, so those are my two things that, that, to me, I think would separate me from anything else. Because <coughs> I think even AEW, for the most part, is going to just look like wrestling. I would want mine to look different, and I would approach it from the aspect of building a good television show. Uh, so those would be my two. Do you, I don't know if either of you have anything to add to that. Well, to build off yours a little bit, uh, my thought is, again, when I build in my storylines, I would want them to be pay-per-view to pay-per-view. I'd kind of format them as six-month, year-long. These are the storylines. These guys are feuding. Maybe tie other people in. So you're more invested with these characters and storylines where so they're going. So you're talking about like long-term... Very long term, like season season wide. Like we watch shows and seasons, and we're really invested to where it starts and where it's going to end. And you'd have that same kind of feel, maybe six month spans, where these are the storylines. You could tie other people in, um, make it interesting in that sense. But that would be one of the things: story structures and Jello wrestling. Right. <laughs> like if you like the OC back in the day, you like the fact that you got to see a storyline play out over twelve episodes, sixteen episodes. 24 episodes as opposed to this pay-per-view ended on whatever it was september 15th and this guy's done with and this. then on september 16th raw now we're starting the storyline that's going to end on october 6th at hell in a cell so you, what you're saying is you're going to tell long-term stories as opposed to just get over the course from one big over the course of shows or pay-per-views it's going to roll in it, it would be more involved like you said you're talking about st- Building characters, storylines, get the wrestlers more involved. That's kind of my idea in the sense of building the storylines and having them over longer stretches. And if you want to talk about relating it to real sports, like if that's the thing they want to present it as a real sport, like we have the Phillies game on in the background, a lot of times, like the entire baseball season, like it takes you 162 games plus the playoffs to see how it plays off to tell the story. As it's not like okay, September is its own story, October is its own story, like it. I, I do like the idea of that, of long-term storytelling. Alo, did you have any? Um, <clears throat> it's hard to be a little bit different because there's there's things that uh, all the companies are doing different that I like. Like, I love how <clears throat> Lucha Underground has, like, the cinematic, like, cutscenes for, their, for yeah. their backstage promos and everything. So it, it feels like a TV show. And Impact does that with their stuff, but it's not as... It's not as like they're definitely not as ambitious as Lucha Underground. Yeah, they don't go all in with it, but it looks a little bit more. It looks cinematic. But so like, I think me maybe I'll focus a lot more like maybe cinematography. But other than that, I think you guys hit, hit on it, hit on it because like there's a there's things some aspects from each company that I do like and it's being done in wrestling. But I said I think we all came together to give some good answers. I mean, or would you just say, like, I don't know if this is a cop-out of an answer, but would you almost say, like, I'll, like, take a step back, take, like, the, I hate to use this, like, management-speak term, but, like, take the 10,000-foot the view of, like, here's all these different wrestling companies and say, like, this is what WWE does that I like. This is what AEW does that I like. This is what Impact does that I like. This is what Lucha Underground does that I like. And then just try to implement all those things together like take the be- almost like you're building like a frankenstein's monster of yeah a wrestling show like i'll take each aspect i like from every company and try to sew it all together into one i don't know if that would be considered a new idea 
but like there's there's certain limitations and you know what maybe like maybe we're being limited in thinking about it like that but i look at it like there's certain limitations in a wrestling show does have to be certain things like you have to have matches you have to have promos you have to have winners and losers you have to have titles some of these things are you inherently have to have merch yeah yeah merch inherently part of it that you can't really steer away from so there are certain things you're pigeonholed with but i do think there are things you could do different and like i guess ultimately what i would like to do is what wwe says that they are if i had my own company i would like to actually do that oh we have the hollywood writers because we're an entertainment company well guess what you're not that fucking entertaining like you drop the ball on that regularly so i would yeah, I'd, I'd expend all of my resources on, like, telling stories to make the best TV show and trying to make it look different. So, yeah, thank you for the question. I think that's, like, a really interesting question. I, I kind of wish I had more time to think about it because pl- I feel like tomorrow I'll have an idea that I wish it. I could have said on the show. <laughs> Maybe a massive Jenga tournament. Yeah, yeah. To, to determine the number one contendership. Yeah, I mean that would that would be intense. Yeah, or like as soon as I get home, I'm gonna I'm gonna think of of something I wish I had thought of. Um, so unless you guys have anything to to throw in there, I guess that's the show. That yeah, is I'm a nothing. good show. I got I got it all. I got it all off my chest. All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. I hope you enjoyed Clash of Champions. Alo, would you like to move some merch? Yes. Whatamaneuver.net to embrace the madness. All right, so please, if you haven't already, uh, subscribe on iTunes, leave a five-star rating and review. For Mr. Sexy Punta Cana, then now forever, C.K. and Joe Rodermill. Hey, yo. <laughs> For Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo, Aaron Lloyd. I am Ron Pashery Jr., and we will see you next week. Hop on the top rope, by the land with elbow. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my balls. Shut the basement, man. It ain't safe to land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.